0: Father, we pray that the reality of those words would soak into our hearts, God, that we would so understand that you love us because you love us, not because of what we've done or the hoops that we jumped through or having to perform, but you love us because you're a great and loving Father. And so, Lord, we pray that that we will be able to receive that because I know there are a lot of people sitting in churches today that don't have an understanding that you really, really, really do love them. So, God, we need to understand that basic concept to begin to move forward in our relationship with you. And I thank you that your love is so abundant for all, for every one of us, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, any of that, it doesn't matter. Your love is based on your desire to be in relationship with us. So, Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, to see the truth of your word, not only to see the truth, but to see how it applies to us, just the basic truth of knowing that you really love us. is a, a great starting point for some of us, Lord. Father, I pray that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to us, Lord God reaching in to the depths of our heart and the things that we need, Father, that you would open our hearts to receive this morning everything that you have for us, that we would walk away changed because we've encountered the all-loving, all-gracious, all-giving God who is mighty, mighty to save, to save us from any situation. Lord God, we thank you that you're so mighty, and we thank you that you love us so much. And we pray all of these things, not just as words, but as an expectation that we expect to receive from you this morning, and we expect to walk away changed, that we expect to walk away filled to overflowing with your presence and your love. So again, we ask these things and with expectations the all-powerful and the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth and uh, Kingdom Kids Ministries. Wow, how's everybody doing today? Wow, you you are looking wonderful. So glad to have you here this morning. Thanks for joining us and thanks for entering into worship. We talk about worship is... Uh, it's not entertainment, it's, it's an encounter with God. And so I trust that you encountered him this morning. We have a, a very special service for you today. And uh, I think every Sunday's special. I love Sunday. <laughs> but uh, this morning we're gonna have our own Mr. Dave Haig bring the word. Yeah. And so would you please welcome Mr. Dave?
1: Good morning, everyone. Are we all well today? Good. I forgot to bring my sport coat like Pastor Mark has, so please forgive me in advance. I forgot it, but all right. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for that uh, comment. Um, so I'm glad you're all here today, and uh, I'm so honored to be able to speak to you this morning. Um, Pastor Mark called me uh, a little, a couple of weeks ago now, and, and asked if I'd be willing to share uh, today. And, I said, sure, what do, you, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, well, how about uh, continuing in our salvation series, the, uh, answer the, answering the question, how do we receive salvation? And immediately I thought, well, that's great, because that's easy topic. so I'll take it. And uh, so, so I'm here today, but I, I wanted to start with this, uh, this story I heard. You know, I don't know if it's true or not. You guys can be the judges of that. But there's this older gentleman, I, I don't think it's true, but there's this, o- there's this older gentleman. And uh, now I know all of us here are Southerners and Texans and all that, but I grew up way, way, way up north where it gets cold once in a while. And uh, this older gentleman went uh, ice fishing one day. And what that means for the Texans is sometimes the lakes in the winter turn to ice. So, and and, and to, to fish, you have to get like a, a little auger. You can have a power auger or an old school auger. And you have to drill a hole in the You guys know this. I mean, you're a sharp bunch. So this, this, uh, this older gentleman... He, uh, he went ice fishing one Saturday, and uh, he was uh, a church-attending uh, gentleman, and he drilled the hole in the ice, and he heard this voice, and it said, uh, or, you know, he thought he heard a voice saying, there are no fish in that hole. And he looks around, there's nobody around. Oh, So he picks up his, his auger, and he goes a few uh, feet away, starts to drill another hole, and here's the voice. And this time it's louder, a more pronounced, deeper voice. And it says, there are no fish in that hole. Oh, wow. So he gets up again, and he moves a little farther down the ice. And uh, this time, the voice is unmistakably loud, booming, directed at him. There are no fish in that hole. And so the, the older gentleman, you know, he thinks he's having an uh, amazing moment. And he goes, Lord, is that your voice? And then he hears back, no, this is the arena announcer. So, so Anyway, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not true. but um, So let's, let's, uh, let's jump in here to answer the question, how are we saved? And I want to say hi to my friends on the World Wide Web, too, that are watching and listening all over the world. We're glad you joined us. And uh, check us out every week. There's always something encouraging and, and uh, worthwhile, worth your time to check out. So the, the answer to this question, thankfully, uh, how, how do we receive salvation or how are we saved, is simple and straightforward. And that's an encouraging thing. Uh, today and Jesus said it like this in John fourteen six. He said, um, "Jesus told him, and this is Jesus talking. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, Jesus, not me, Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So thank you guys all for your time this morning. Have a great <laughs> Sunday." Uh, so. just kidding but that's really in a nutshell right there jesus said i am the way i am the truth i'm like no one comes to the father no one is saved when we say comes to the father no one's going to be in heaven no one's going to receive salvation no one except through jesus and 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 that is not limiting but that's super freeing today i believe because how easy is that how easy is that? There's no hoops we need to jump through. There's no um, you know, rituals or anything. And we're going to have a few thoughts on that. I'm going to share a few thoughts on that this morning. But I just want you guys to be encouraged just by that truth alone. That no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. And that is such a great thing. Uh, last week, Pastor Mark shared a definition of salvation uh, that, that was that was good. And it was this. Um, salvation. I was going to ask if anyone's memorized it, but I haven't memorized it. So, <laughs> so salvation is, is God's deliverance of a people, or an individual from a threatening situation from which that group or person is unable to unable to rescue itself. Excuse me, to be delivered. Uh, and that's a great definition. And I, just for kicks, I went onto dictionary.com on the internet to see what it would say about salvation, and it he had a, a, a definition very similar and a little shorter, and it said this. "So salvation is the deliverance from the power and effects of sin. Amen. The deliverance from the power and effects of sin. So the Bible tells us really clearly what the power and effects of sin are. We probably already know some of the effects of sin. Maybe, well, I know all of us have made bad choices before, and we've paid the price, whether it's you know financially or in relationships or in so many aspects of our lives. We know that... Sin um, brings consequences. And um, Jesus said it like this, or the Bible says it like this in Romans 6.23, um, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's two really powerful, well, there's a whole bunch of powerful things in that message, but two things that really jump out at me on that one. And it's clear that the ultimate power and effects of sin that we need to be saved from, that we need salvation for, is uh uh, or, or the ultimate price of sin, is death. And uh, so far, I have not read a report of anyone being able to um, circumvent death yet. Anyone, uh, anyone found or heard or seen anyone? No. It seems to be an inevitable thing. Well, it is an inevitable thing for all of us. And that's the wage of sin from the Bible. That's just a truth and a principle uh, that the wages of sin is death. But thankfully, God has given us a way to receive eternal life And it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that great news today? And uh, I'm so excited to share this stuff with you. And the free gift of Jesus, being able to be saved, to be set free from the powers and effects of sin, that's really, in a nutshell, why Jesus came to the world and why he lived as God and man and then ultimately died and rose again for us. For that reason right there, so that we, each of us, man, woman, child, could receive salvation through Jesus and be with him for all of eternity and enjoy life on earth too as Christians. So we all need to realize that we need to be saved. There's some people out there, and, and maybe you've talked to people like this, and and I was, you know, kind of meditating on thinking on a little bit about, you know, there's always people that seem to think, well, there must be an alternative. There's got to be some other way, you know, not just Jesus. You know, there, there's got to be something, and there's kind of this philosophy and this uh, mindset out there that, there must be an alternative. Surely, that's people think. Surely, that's narrow-minded to think it, it's just through Jesus. There's, you know, and, and I've heard some arguments like this, and perhaps you have too. And I just want to talk about some of these and really point out lovingly why they're wrong. Um, and uh, you know, we've already looked at some verses that make it really clear. But um, here's one that I've heard before. Maybe you guys have too. Um, my salvation can be based as the assertion on being from a good Christian family or family lineage. And uh, there's a nice picture of uh, Mr. Lucas's uh, extended family, I believe, so uh, maybe not. But, <laughs> but, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was from Google. But, um, but you know, this, this thought that, well, you know, my grandfather was a Christian, and my father was a Christian, and my mother and my grandmother, and my cat is a Christian, and my brother is a Christian, you know, all these things. You think, well, I, I must be okay then because I'm from a Christian family. Or maybe some people take it even to a higher level. We live in a Christian nation. Some people maybe you've heard that said. And America is a Christian nation. And I have a, a good family lineage, but the Bible actually tells us clearly that each of us needs to choose for ourselves. Not I, what my father chose uh, doesn't save me. Doesn't his choice to follow the Lord doesn't automatically include me, and you know as adults. And and and, and so there's a, a scripture in Joshua, and it says this. This is pretty clear instruction uh, right here. It says. This is talking to all of us uh, today. It still applies. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you'll serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? And this is Joshua declares, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So the the start there in verse 15 is um, then we need to choose today who we will serve. We need to choose today. So each of us has a choice. Whatever your family, your relatives, your extended lineage has chosen uh, doesn't automatically apply to you. There's no no such direct correlation in the scripture. The only way for all of us, for any of us to be saved is through Jesus. So family lineage uh, doesn't work. Here's another one, and you've probably all heard this as well. This is uh, like a famous, or infamous, I guess, American mindset, that if I'm a good person, I'm gonna make it to heaven. If I'm good, if I do good works, if I'm just good enough, certainly I'll make it to heaven. Common misperception. The root of the problem is really our standard of good is always relative, right? I could probably name five, and don't misinterpret my heart, but I could probably name five or so people that I'm better than, like in my own estimations. (laughs) You know, some may or may not be in this room, you know, just saying, oh, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, but then people in this room, probably most of you could list people, all of you could list people that we think we're better than, well, certainly we're better than that person, or that person, Certainly better. so it's always this relative standard, but we all know every single one of us can name someone that's better than us, or we think is better than us, and someone that's worse than us, well, so what's the deciding factor then, right. the, who's good enough, or like, where do we draw, is it do we do two standard deviations away from the mean? Do we, like, like, what, what do we do to, to, to make this? And the, the good news is the Bible clears this one up straightforward. And, and check this scripture out, Ephesians 2.9. It says uh, simply, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. It's not a reward for it. Well, isn't that great? So it's so freeing because I don't have to worry about who I'm better than or who's better than me and I just need to um, uh, receive salvation through Jesus on my own. And then Mr. Richard, who's way better than me, he's on his own too. So, or whatever. You, know, you guys know what I'm saying. And that's such a freeing, a freeing thing. Because our standard of good, like I said, it's always relative. And the Bible says there's no one, no man that is good, not one, except for Jesus. So now that's, a, that's a pretty uh, common misperception. Now, here's one that's kind of deep. And uh, you guys stick with me through this one. There's a scripture in Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry, I should back up. There's a perception out there that says, well, maybe I just need to be, quote unquote, spiritual to be saved. Maybe I need to read my Bible once a year or th- all the way through in a year, every year, forever. Maybe I need to pray for <laughs> two, three, four, five, six hours a day, you know, whatever. Maybe I just need to do more. Maybe I need to be more spiritual. And there's a verse in Matthew, and this is a sobering verse, and stick with me because I'm going to share some thoughts on it, but Matthew seven twenty-two and 23. And this is Jesus speaking. This is his words. They used to say these are the red letter words. I don't know if they do red. On my Blackberry, it doesn't show red. It's just the words, but this is Jesus speaking. It says, uh, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, this is Jesus, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Wow, those are um, pretty tough words for me to digest. Uh, So I want to make sure we understand the context properly. And, And it's clear that when Jesus says, I never knew you, when he talks about knowing you, he's not just talking about you know, we have relationships with some people that we just know them. They're kind of acquaintances. And that's what he's talking about. He's saying, well, did you just kind of know me from afar? And you did some spiritual things from afar. And, and they listed a few in here that prophesied, they cast out demons, these things, perform miracles. But Jesus said, I never knew. Jesus wants to know us. Not, not like an acquaintance. I have a lot of acquaintances, and I know all of you do too, that kind of know them. But they don't have my cell phone number, and I don't have theirs which is like the standard these days of whether you know someone or not. the other cell phone number. But a, re- a relationship, right, uh, requires more than just knowing someone's name, right? And a relationship with Jesus, uh, when he says, I didn't know you, he wants to know us. So a relationship with Jesus is not just about or not at all about just being religious, doing spiritual things. It's not about making the presumption that, oh, if I just read my Bible more, if I just pray more, then I'd somehow be more saved. Well, that that's nonsensical. Because the Bible says, everyone, we're going to look at the verse, it's uh, in, in uh, Acts 2.21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And there's no addition, uh, additional statements with that verse. There's no strings attached. There's no catch to it. There's no everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and then memorizes Leviticus will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and then, you know, does... Fill in the blank here, will be saved. It doesn't say that, it just says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So all these other things that I talked about, please don't misunderstand me. I want all of us to be reading the Bible, you know, consistently and and all the time. And I want all of us to be pursuing, and I know Pastor Mark, Pastor Christine want all of us to be pursuing a relationship with the Lord every day. We want to be praying more and, and reading the Bible more and spending more time in his presence. But this, the point here, my point here is that. Those aren't things that save us. Right. It's not performance-based. We've right. heard that um, correctly t- taught to us so many times. It's, it's We couldn't pray enough right. to make it into heaven. Right. You, you couldn't read your Bible enough. Right. There's, there's, there's no amount of reading that, could, that could, could get you in. There's no amount of good works at the volunteering at a community organization. There's nothing. Just sing, simply calling on the name of the Lord is how we are saved. Isn't that great? Isn't that? I, I think that's good news. It's just so freeing. It's just so comforting to me that you know I want to do these good things, and we should be doing those good things. It's not—I'm not going to be graded. I don't need to be worried worried about being graded on the curve at the end or how good I did. It's, did you? The, the, the checklist is going to be simple. Now, there'll be some other things. There'll be rewards and all that. And I'm, I'm not—I'm not getting into that. But the, the checklist on entry into heaven is a pretty simple questionnaire. It's uh, did you call on the name of Jesus or not? There there won't be any additional essay response question required or any additional theological training or any additional anything. And isn't that great? And isn't that, at the same time, an awesome thing? That's all it is. Wow. Wow. So how do we receive this um, free gift of salvation? Well, we we know it's through Jesus. In Acts 2.21, we, we looked at that. Well, it's on the screen now. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the the gentleman that uh, is quoted here in the Bible was the Apostle Peter. And this was, they were celebrating Pentecost in the day. Just prior to this, really a little sermonette captured, Acts chapter 2, they were in the upper room, they call it, and Peter and a, a number of other people were filled with the Spirit, the Bible says where the the power of God came upon each of the men and women and people in the room there and they began to speak in languages that they didn't know. That, you know and people on the street of Jerusalem that day heard the the Bible tells us, heard the message of God, the truth of, of Jesus, proclaimed in a langu- in their own language that they know that those guys in that room didn't know because um, some versions say these are uneducated men or in, you know, these, these are guys that didn't that weren't multilingual. So that something was going on, and Peter comes out and says a number of things. But the capstone of that message today, the people said, well, what do we do? What do we do? Tell us what to do, Peter. And he laid it out right here under the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I can imagine how excited people were that day. They said, really? That's it? That's all we got to do? Okay. And it says uh, shortly thereafter in Acts that multitudes were added to the church. Multitudes were added to um, multitudes of people were saved and added to to the kingdom so pretty pretty amazing um, so it doesn't matter what we've done it doesn't matter who your family is it doesn't matter how much you uh, you know strive to be spiritual it doesn't matter all we need to do is call on the name of the lord to be saved isn't that isn't that great isn't that great news today i, I think it's great news i'm excited about it um, i read this really interesting biography about this gentleman recently and may, maybe some of you guys know him but this is such a great illustration of the joy of salvation. And I, I wanted to share it with you. It, it, it'll only take me about two, three hours to read through these, these notes. So if that's a... Just kidding. The gentleman's name was uh, Watchman Nee. And Watchman Nee uh, was a Christian leader in pre-communist China. So China became communist kind of after World War II. So, you know, start of 1900s. And uh, he was a Christian teacher and Christian leader. And he initiated some church meetings in a city called... Um, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, I apologize, Fuzho. Fuzho? I'm sure no one's ever, maybe someone's heard of it. I would never heard of the place. I Googled it, it has like 8 million people, and I've never heard of it. But So it's you know still a, a, a place that people live. And he's considered to be the father, the planter of the Christian church in Fuzho, and it continues today. And so he established um, the church there, and he wrote a lot of books uh, uh, expounding on the Bible and, and a lot of things. You know, good man after the Lord's heart. And the Chinese Communist Party uh, came into power about 1949. And one of the first things they did is begin kind of systematically wanting to rid the country of Christians and persecuting the church and church leaders. This is really interesting. They arrested this, this gentleman, Watchman Nee. It was the Department of Public Security that arrested him. And these charges are overwhelming. This is what they charged him with a church leader. Charged with bribery, theft of state property, tax evasion, cheating on government contracts, and stealing of government-sensitive economic information. So you can decide for yourself whether Watchman Nee did any of those things or how they came up with those charges, but that's what he was charged with. And then this is, I found fascinating. He appeared before the tribunal, and they they found him guilty of all these charges. But his punishment was that they selected him to be, and this is the quote, uh, re-educated by the communist government. So he entered his re-education program. We learned from reading about his life. The, the re-education program was not successful on Watchman Nee or many of the people around him. In fact, he re-educated the re-educators of the re-education program, many of them. A few years later, in 1956, Mr. Nee uh, it was is determined by the, and I say this respectfully, I'm not knocking Communist Party, I'm not, this is not a political statement at all, but he was found to be uh, guilty again of all those previous charges that they had um, charged him with. And this time they thought, well, the re-education program didn't work. They sentenced him to life in prison and hard labor. At the same time, they stormed, the the, the Communist Party stormed the church building, and there was a number of other churches that had been planted, and they made people, uh, asked people to repudiate the Lord and to bring more charges against Watchman Need to tell tell them what he's been up to. And So, you know, a lot of persecution going on. And in spite of all this, hard, can you imagine the hardship? I mean, this is a gentleman that, you know, he, he was charged, I'm stealing government-sensitive economic information. What possible... I'll leave it at that. I mean, you know, but and he was sentenced to life in prison with hard labor, and uh, he died in prison. But he left; he was allowed to leave uh, a final note to his family. He had a wife, and and he just said this: uh, "Christ is the Son of God, who died for the redemption of sinners, and resurrected after three days. This is the greatest truth in the universe. I die because of my belief in Christ. So watch me, in spite of." What, what a testimony. In spite of hard labor, in spite of getting the short end of the stick, like we can't imagine, it's not happened to any of us, I don't believe that we've been charged with stealing sensitive government economic information and life in prison and hard labor, he still said, oh, this is the greatest truth in the universe. He experienced, obviously, a joy from his salvation. Inside of him, he knew that what Christ did for him was more important, was more... Uh, valuable than anything else in the world he had his essentially his family taken from him his stuff his church his support network everything and yet he still said well this is the greatest truth in the universe and and that's the reason why he died in prison and i believe that all of us can and should experience the same kind of inward joy and peace inside of us, in spite of our situations, in spite of the difficulties that we face in life, in spite of the fact that, you know, things may appear to be going wrong or or we're in some sort of difficulty, physical health problems or financial hardships or all these things, Jesus told us, and there's a verse in John 10.10, that his purpose was to give us a rich and satisfying life. Rich doesn't mean necessarily a million dollars, but a rich and satisfying life. And that's what Jesus offers us. In addition to saving us, he offers the free gift of eternal life and a rich and satisfying life. And and that's what really, for me, that's I, I just want to keep my mind on that. We get so distracted sometimes about things going on and, you know, if we've called on the name of the Lord, we're saved and, and we know that, but you know maybe sometimes the joy gets pulled out of our lives or, or out of certain aspects of our lives and 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 I, that's why I found that watchman knee story so so encouraging and uh, he told a story in his his a uh, someone wrote a biography about him and this guy Watchman knee told this story about prior to his imprisonment they were traveling in China and he had a few of his uh, friends with him and uh the accommodations that they stayed at were uh sometimes referred to as infinite stars, meaning you sleep outside and look at the stars because there's no stars in the hotel, so it's a many-star hotel. And uh, they uh, to, to bathe, to clean themselves up, they would just find a river or a lake or you know some body of water that they could go to clean up in. Uh, a wise plan. And so they were uh, bathing in, in a river, and, and apparently it was a little bit deeper and stronger current than they had bargained for. And one of the friends uh, in this group uh, was, was pulled into the river, the current of the river, and began to uh, sink and therefore began to panic as any rational person would do. Started screaming for help uh, because he was sinking. Watchman Knee, not being a swimmer, not the hero of this story. One of his uh, friends, though, was a, a, a good swimmer, uh, it's reported. And uh, the, the gentleman who was in the river was screaming for help please help me, I'm drowning. Of course, he was saying in Chinese, I don't speak Chinese, but you guys get the picture. And, and Watchman Nee said to his other friend, uh, hello, why don't you do something? I'm paraphrasing, but hello, go do something, and how come you're doing nothing? And his friend just stood and watched this man. And as the man kind of gasped and started to sink, his friend jumped into the river, swam in, and pulled him out to safety, and his friend was, uh, was fine. And, and Watchman Nee talks about how you know, at first he was very upset with his friend, the swimmer, and said, why would you be so selfish? Why would you put others' lives at risk? Why, why didn't you take action? Why did you wait until this this man almost died? And, and, and the guy said, uh, "It was the, the swimmer said, well, it's simple. If I would have gone in earlier to save the drowning man while he was still trying to save himself through flailing, kicking, screaming, doing all the things that he was panicked that we do. Not only would that man would have, uh, not only would the, the, the man in distress drown, but more than likely he would have pulled me under with him because he would have grabbed me and we both would have drowned. And, and, and Watchman Nee was taken by this truth. And, and, and we can draw a similar parallel today, too. If we're frantically trying to save ourselves, if we're trying to do something in our own strength to just make us a little bit better, we're trying to do something that will make us more loved by God, or we think that will do something that'll make us more loved. We're trying to do something, something to erase the consequences of sin, in my own power. I'm just trying to do something to clean things up. I'm trying to do something. All that flailing doesn't work. It doesn't work. We just end up sinking. And we just need to stop flailing, stop kicking, stop screaming, and just call on the, the, the rescue man, the guy who knows how to swim, Jesus say, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I can't save myself. None of us can save ourselves. If we keep flailing, we're bringing, all we're doing is bringing others down with us. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So how do we receive salvation? Well, Acts 2.21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We don't need to do anything else. It's good news. And then there's some, uh, another verse I found that, I mean, there's just so many verses. When, when I was putting together my thoughts, you know, I could say this and this and this and this. There's so many, and I'm sure many of you have other favorite verses on, on, on this exact topic. But this is another one I love, uh, Romans ten nine. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So Acts 2.21 says, well, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, and this says, well, how do you do that? Well, this is how, right here. If you confess with your mouth, which means you speak it out, and you believe it in your heart, so it's not just empty words, <laughs> that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you will be saved. Pastor Mark's going to come and, and close, but if there's people here today that you've never called on the name of the Lord and said, Jesus, please save me, I believe in my heart, that God raised you from the dead and that you're alive and well and you want to give me an abundant life that you talked about, we can do that today. And Pastor Mark's going to come and lead us. And thanks, you guys, for listening to me. Just let that sit in your heart and your mind. Those of you who are saved, I hope all of us are. Just reflect on the joy of our salvation. I read a story like that. Guy watched my knee and I, I'm kind of embarrassed because I
0: think I got problems, you know. But man, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Great job. Great message. Let's follow through with this. If, uh, I'd like for everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. And you're here this morning, and God is tugging on your heart. Maybe you had a relationship with the Lord at one point in time, but you walked away. Or maybe you've never had a relationship with him and and he's speaking to your heart this morning. You know, listen, there is no shame in that because all of us have come to that place of realizing and recognizing that we need a savior. I've tried to do it on my own and keep running into crashing into walls. If that's you this morning, would you be bold enough and honest enough just to slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? As we sang today, oh, how he loves you. Anybody want to that's not in a relationship with him, want to we can fix that today if that's you this morning. Lord God, we thank you for your great love. We thank you that we don't have to strive and fight and scrap and claw our way into into heaven. We just simply receive. And Father, I pray that we would all be challenged by this message and that we would determine to build a deeper more intimate relationship with you on a daily basis it's not about being religious it's simply about coming into a more intimate relationship with you and father we all have areas in our lives or we need to yield those things to you or uh, whatever it may be and again it's not about doing more stuff doing more things it's about simply engaging with you on a deeper level so father i pray that we would make that determination, that we would yield those areas of our lives to you, that uh, that need healing, Father, those emotions or whatever those things may be, God, that you will continue to download into us and bring bring us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with you, because that's where where we get changed is when we get our eyes off of ourselves and we begin to yield our life to you. And I love that song that we sing that line. And fire fall Down, where it says, you came to fix our broken lives. And not only did you come to fix us, but you also came to pour through our lives to share the hope and the love of Christ with those whom you place in our path that don't know him, or those that need prayer, or those that need encouragement, or those that need hope, those that their marriages are crumbling, or their children are on drugs, or whatever it may be that you place people in our path, that we can love on them and share the love of Christ and the hope of Christ with them. So, Father, we pray that as we go from this place this morning and, and we move into the remainder of this week, that you will help us to see the opportunities to share the love of Christ with those who are hurting. And that you will continue to pour into us and download into us all that we need. And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In concluding, I just want to say that uh, thanks, Dave. That was really a good message. I appreciate that. And as I've shared with you at the intro of this series is that we're talking about salvation. And I think it's a good reminder for us. We're going through some of these questions about if, if you missed some of these sermons, I encourage you to go back online and listen to what is salvation why do we need salvation how how do we get saved and we're going to look at a few more of these questions through this series and it's not just so that we have a, a greater understanding because a lot of us know these things but how can we take the tools that we're learning and share that with others if someone were to come into your office tomorrow and say could you lead me in the prayer of salvation would you know how to pray with them if they were to ask about well You know, how do I get saved? Why do I need to be saved? Those are the kinds of things that we're talking about, not just to reaffirm in us, but also help us so that we can help other people. Because Matthew 28, 18 through 20, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach, teach these new disciples, to obey all that I've taught you, and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. And so we want to learn the things of God so that we can teach others and share the hope of Christ with them and help them become mature, strong, solid believers and so that we're growing in our faith and our relationship with Him but also we're making other disciples. That's what Jesus said to do. Go and make disciples of all the nations. So we're being trained and equipped and released to go out and do that. So remember our 442 initiative for the rest of this year. If you don't have any more of these cards, I think we have some back there by the entrance door to... Build four new relationships with people that hopefully that don't know the Lord or don't have a church. If you meet somebody and they don't have a church home, invite them to, uh, to Life Fellowship. As we've talked about, there are 275,000 people in this area that don't have a church. So we have plenty of opportunities. So build four relationships. Intentionally build four relationships with people that don't know the Lord. Share your story or your testimony with four people. We're just asking you to do this over the course of the rest of the year. Some of you can do this next week. I know because you like to talk like me, but share your story or a relevant story of hope with four people and then pray that God will bring people across your path that don't know the Lord, that you will be able to lead them in a prayer of salvation or at minimum be, be available to pray with somebody. Listen, we run across people every week that need prayer. Oh, my, my family member's in the hospital or my marriage is in trouble or my child or, or, you know, I need a job or whatever that may be. So we all have opportunities to pray. And so we pray in faith. We pray in believing. We pray in love and, and encouraging others. So will you do that this week? Will you look for the opportunities? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. The prayer team will be up here. And listen, if you have some prayer needs, you don't have to navigate through those things alone, come up. The prayer team would love to pray with you. So as you go from this place today, go encouraged, filled with the love of God, the peace of God. And I love you so much. Thank you for joining us this morning. And I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday at Bible study and then next week on Sunday. You're dismissed. Go out and live it. Make a difference.